Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Now it's time for Inside the Clubhouse, a show dedicated to the Chicago baseball fan, featuring the best Chicago baseball conversation, as well as the big MLB topics, along with the biggest names, greatest guests, and listener interaction on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com. And always live on the free Odyssey app, presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. And good morning, everybody. Welcome in to 2024, our first show of the year. Happy New Year. Inside the Clubhouse is back, and we're glad to have you along for the next hour and 45 minutes. Off early today at 1045, but we have a fantastic show for you, and happy to be back uh, filling in for David alongside Bruce Levine. I'm Mike Esposito, and Bruce, uh, our first show of 24, we've got the uh, Cubs convention next week, and Still some uh, big moves made for your Chicago Cubs. Yeah, I'm excited about uh, next weekend uh, as well, Mike. Uh, Cub convention, the score will be there both on Friday and Saturday. Uh, We will be doing our show Saturday next week uh, from 9 to 11 at the Cub convention. So it's always an exciting time. But, Mike, uh, the old year and the new year are similar in one way. The Cubs have still not made a move toward adding to their 2024 season. Chicago White Sox continue to add small pieces out there that may not sound too exciting to you right now, but may eventually be all about the Chicago White Sox working toward being a contending team again. And your input is always essential here at Inside the Clubhouse. 312-644-6767. With the White Sox right now, uh, Mike, they have added two new pieces over the last few days, and that is Martin Maldonado, a uh, Hall of Fame-type defensive catcher, not so much offensively, and uh, they added uh, Brett Phillips, a great defensive outfielder, not so much offensively. So from those perspectives, if you're a White Sox fan, it didn't move the needle for you, but Maldonado is a great catcher, Mike, a guy that uh, can make a difference with a pitching staff. 
He can make a difference uh, with a contending team. This might not be a contending team in 2024, but it's a team that has to uh, be able to grow. It's going to be a young pitching staff, both uh, the rotation and in the bullpen. So from that perspective, having veterans like him and Stassi behind the plate, essential pieces going forward for them as they learn to be a contending team once again. Yeah, and Sox fans, we want to hear from you. 312-644-6767. Are you happy with the defensive signings, or at least do you understand the goal with the defensive signings and the pitching signings? Because really, Bruce, you know, the Sox have made a bunch of moves. It's just none of them would would be considered, uh, you know, a huge splash. It's middle relievers. It's defensive catchers. It's, you know, Paul DeYoung at short. Uh, it's things like that. Now, the Dylan Cease thing, and you can say the – uh, the Aaron Bummer trade was a big one, and I expect some of those pieces would be big players for the White Sox going forward. But, you know, the big move hanging out there, and, you know, there's kind of a timeline with this, even though there's not, is the anticipated trade, although it hasn't happened yet, but the anticipated trade of Dylan Cease. Well, Dylan Cease will be traded, okay? And uh, that is, that is a for sure. Now, uh, you listen to different uh, baseball talk shows. You listen to Sirius XM, their talk shows on their MLB radio network. You know, they talk about, uh, you know, seizing the moment, exactly when that is going to be. I, I can guarantee you it won't be before Blake Snell signs as a free agent. I can guarantee you it won't happen before uh, Montgomery signs as a free agent. Uh, I can guarantee you it won't happen before Imanaga, who has to sign by next Wednesday, signs as a free agent. Uh, I can probably convince most people to believe that it won't happen uh, before any of the bigger free agent pitchers are signed. There is no rush for the Chicago White Sox. All does is uh, create a bigger market from the teams that weren't able to sign these guys going forward, including the Chicago Cubs. You haven't heard them mentioned. You probably won't hear them getting mentioned. But why wouldn't the Chicago Cubs be interested in reacquiring Dylan Cease, who they traded along with Eloy Jimenez, uh, for um, an essential pitcher back in 2017, one that uh, helped them win. But certainly that is a trade that looked at right now as a big win for the Chicago White Sox. Why wouldn't the Chicago Cubs try to repurchase Dylan Cease? Yep, it makes a ton of sense. We are broadcasting live from the Hyundai Score Studios, brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. I mentioned we have a fantastic show for you today. Bob Costas, the Hall of Famer, one of the best ever to do it. Uh, Bob will join us during the 10 o'clock hour. We will also talk at the bottom of this hour to the American League Manager of the Year from the Baltimore Orioles. Brandon Hyde will join us uh, excited to talk to both of those guys. Excited to talk to you. Well, 312-644-6767. The uh, phones are lighting up, Bruce. Let's head on out there. We'll start in Glencoe. Mike joins us. He's up first on Inside the Clubhouse. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, fellas. And Bruce, I'd like to challenge your last comment. As a Sox fan, I think it's fair to reevaluate the Alloy C-Steel and call it at least a draw. I think if you look at the numbers over the years, I'll bet Q has won more games. Uh, and I've always thought that 
uh, I wasn't, I'm not a Cub guy and I'm not a Theo guy, but I always thought that Theo knew what he was doing when he traded Eloy. Cease is coming off a terrible year. I uh, can't call it anything else. And Eloy, as Bob Nightingale said, we can't give the guy away. So I'd like your thoughts. I just don't think we won the deal. Right. I, and it's, 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 it's an interesting concept, Mike, you know, uh, and, and stay on for a second because you and me and, and uh, Espo can – Okay, so we, we lost him. But, Mike. Uh, no, I'm here. I'm here. Okay. But the the idea here is um, the metrics people will tell you the White Sox won the trade. But you're right. Quintana certainly helped the Chicago Cubs contend and uh, stay within the playoffs in 17 and 18 uh, while he was a pitcher for the Cubs. And he was – he was a fine number four pitcher for the Chicago Cubs. They needed it. They needed the innings desperately. So I don't. I don't. I wouldn't say that um, that it, it was a horrible trade for them. I would say Espo, um, the uh, upside of Cease and Jimenez were considered so high after they started their careers. Now we've seen maybe diminishing results from Jimenez at the very least. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I mean, listen, to me, the wild card in that is Cease. You knew what you were getting, right? You were trading present for future if you were the Cubs. You were happy to have Quintana, even though he might not have been as good as he was for the White Sox. He was still a good, solid piece for those teams that were trying to win the World Series. But to me, Mike, I mean, yeah, the difference was when Cease was pitching like a Cy Young Award winner, then it's like, well, yeah, of course. I mean, this is this trade was uh, to the White Sox, but... And we'll see. You know, maybe they it, with the haul they might get back from him to to caller Mike. I mean, it, we'll see what they get back in this trade. That could kind of tip the uh, the scales again in favor of the White Sox in terms of how uh, how you view this whole thing. So we appreciate. Go ahead, Mike. All right. Well, yep. Yep. So, Mike, we appreciate the call. Uh, yeah, and Bruce, I mean. It's kind of fascinating when you think about it, and we'll find out very soon uh, before the season starts, certainly, and uh, what the end result of that uh, Quintana for Cease and Jimenez trade is when you figure out what the Sox flip Cease for. But, you know, on the flip side, if you're the White Sox, I mean, you thought Cease was going to be your ace for your contending window. You're, now you're dumping him because he's uh, you're obviously not in a contending window. That's got to be extremely frustrating. And, and that's a great point, Mike. The The idea is they're not trading Dylan Cease because he had a bad year last year where he gave up uh, 40 more hits and the ERA was off and he was wild in the strike zone. The fact is the stuff is still really great. He struck out uh, over 200 guys, six in the league. <laughs> he still threw uh, – upwards of uh, 180 innings, uh, one of the top innings guys in, in the game. So from that perspective, you're not trading Cease because he stinks. You're trading him because you are in a different mode right now. You have two years left of contract control. You're trying to rebuild your team, and you have a a uh, agent two years down the line that will take Dylan Cease to full free agency. So – from that perspective, there's no better time than now to trade Dylan Cease to a contender who will give you their top, hopefully their top young players for him for two runs at a world championship. Three one two six four four six seven six seven is our number. Uh, the agent for Cease, uh, as w- will be no surprise to our listeners, 
is Scott Boris. We've talked about Scott Boris, Bruce. We've talked about his methodology and holding guys, uh, you know, into uh, the spring, uh, even into spring training a lot of times. I mean, he did that famously with Bryce Harper. Um, he has a ton of guys, including Cody Bellinger, including Snell, including Montgomery, including Cease, all the guys we, we, it's, 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 it's Scott Boris Palooza. Exactly. Yeah. All the guys we talk about that have, have importance to both the Cubs and Sox on many different levels. Uh, a lot of them represented by Scott Boris, and that will absolutely, and has absolutely played into this offseason. Yeah, Mike, uh, you know, the question is, and again, uh, you know, 312 uh, texter says, uh, might as well run last week's show because you're, you're talking about the same topics. The reality is, is that, yeah, we are in some cases talking about the same topics because it, it is topical. Uh, the Cubs have not made a move. They will make moves. But again, uh, do you blame Scott Boros or do you blame the Chicago Cubs for this lack of movement? And, you know, again, I don't know if blame goes either place. We're still January 6th right now. The frustration level for baseball fans is, well, Boris is holding up the marketplace by wanting to have a domino effect of when he signs his players that he can move the others on to other markets or the same market, uh, whereas, uh, you know, there's there's not any games being played right now. So we can, we can talk ab- about the fact that the Cubs haven't done anything. It really doesn't matter at this point. All that matters is what happens and who shows up on February 12th and on uh, April uh, or on March 26th when they start the major league season. 312-644-6767 is the number. We'd love to talk to you about what we're talking about. And uh, before we get back to Imanaga, Bruce, and I want to ask you some questions about that to kind of inform our listeners. Uh, We want to get back out to the phone lines though. Ron is on the South side with some Sox thoughts. Hey Ron, good morning. You're on inside the clubhouse. Hey, good morning and happy new year, gentlemen. Uh, yeah, you could argue that that trade was almost a, 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 a wash, and, and maybe because Eloy Jimenez just turned out to be a big, big disappointment. That's what just kind of dragged it down. When they first made the trade, people really thought the Sox had got, got you know, won over on that trade. So that's what that is. But uh, Mike, I agree with you. But you right now. You still have to hold out because it depends on what you can get for cease. And I want to ask you all, initially there was talk about the Sox trading with Atlanta. I don't know how much that's uh, doable now with them with, with the move they made. But, guys, I, I know, Bruce, you said that the White Sox are looking for pitching. But I think at this point you just have to – if you can get top prospects, Baltimore has five based on everything I'm reading – five of the top 50 prospects in baseball. Baltimore really needs a pitcher like other teams, but that is what I'm looking I'm, I'm hoping the White Sox are able to make the trade uh, for seats with Baltimore, and they do have the best prospect. They're not pitchers, but at this point, the White Sox need everything. So I just want that's, – that's my comment, guys. I really uh, hope they're able – and then if they do that, Mike and able to get some time, top prospect, you then you could still make the argument that the Sox benefited from that trade. Thanks, guys. Interesting comments, uh, for sure, from Ron and uh, Mike. When you uh, look at uh, <clears throat> the Baltimore market, and we'll be talking to their manager, Brandon Hyde, in just a few minutes here on Inside the Clubhouse, 
you know, certainly we won't be able to talk to him directly about players and other teams because that's tampering. But the general needs of the team is is, obvi- is going to be something that we obviously talk about. There's there's a, a lot of teams out there that have good minor league systems. The White Sox are looking to match up for the best prospects they can get back. And by getting the best prospects, they do – if you trade Dylan Cease, who's considered one of the top pitchers in Major League Baseball, you have to get some pitching back. There is no question about it. And the quickest way to get back to contending, Mike, as we know – you can have the sexiest lineup in the world with the most guys that hit 45, 50 home runs. You better have some people that can get people out, both in the rotation and in the bullpen. Yep. No, and the Sox, I mean, we talked about it right off the top. Their signings, while not front-page news uh, in the baseball world, uh, they're they're with purpose. They're for defense, and it's, it's pitching moves, right? It's middle relief. It's guys up the middle who you think are going to help you defensively. And, you know, Martin Maldonado, I know he's not going to get a ton of love, and Sox fans probably couldn't pick him out of a lineup, but I know that uh, everyone universally from the Astros loved playing with him, loved pitching to him. They considered him almost a player manager, you know, in that type of role. They, he was a uh, elder statesman kind of guy, but certainly a guy that, that helped shepherd young guys along and certainly was uh, there for the pitching staff. I mean, that sounds great for what the Sox are needing and what they're looking to do, even if he doesn't contribute a ton offensively. Mike, uh, w- when you when you look at um, the the White Sox pitching staff right now, you realize, you know, they have a, a bunch of young pitchers coming on. They have some maybes, but they need all kinds of fortification, and that's where they're really going to go. Do they need uh, more? players up the middle do they need uh, players for the future at the other positions certainly but uh, pitching is where you start and that's where you have to really get the lion's share of players back if you're going to trade a Dylan Cease I want to talk to you about Shoto Imanaga we talked about him last week he's the Japanese left-handed pitcher 30 years old expected to get a nice deal here in free agency but you mentioned that he has to sign this week. So that's we know something is going to happen this week. I believe Wednesday is the day, but if you could maybe enlighten the audience as to why he has to sign this week and, and what things are looking at in terms of Imanaga's free agency. Well, it's a posting system from Japan. When you're posted, you have uh, uh, 45 days to sign or you must go back to uh, Japan. That's the case for Imanaga. And Imanaga, as we've talked about before, 91-92, five-pitch pitcher, uh, excellent pitcher, not a power pitcher, but certainly a guy that can induce uh, enough ground balls. Uh, the Cubs have been in on him stealthily uh, from the beginning. Whether or not he, they're going to be in with on him at the end here this Wednesday, we will find out. I know they have interest in him. It's not going to be a Yamamoto, you know, mega, mega millions, mega uh, uh, year deal like he got, but I would say it's a four- or five-year deal uh, somewhere in the uh, 20s for him per season. It still sounds like a lot of money, Mike. You know, you're talking about $100 million maybe throwing around for a guy that hasn't pitched in the major leagues. But, again, uh, a very excellent pitcher in Japan, a guy that was on the mound uh, to start the uh, WC final where the Japanese uh, defeated the uh, United States last March. So 
again, uh, we will follow that progress up till Wednesday. And pretty fascinating when you think about it, Bruce, between Otani, Yamamoto, and then Imanaga, the, the big dominoes to fall in free agency thus far have all been Japanese players. All of the uh, uh, highly touted Japanese players are the ones that are going first. Uh, and, you know, the posting system certainly has something to do with it in the case of Yamamoto and Glass now. But talking to Cubs fans, again, 312-644-6767, would an Imanaga signing uh, be something that interests you? Or is that something where, as Bruce just said, seems like a lot of money? Are you Are you inclined to think that, uh, Imanaga would be a great addition to the Chicago Cubs. Give us a ring, uh, 312-644-6767. A few more calls here, Bruce, as we go back out to the phones. Uh, Valpo, Paul is on inside the clubhouse talking Cubs. Hey, Paul, good morning. Hey, guys, good morning. Uh, yeah, you know what? I mean, in regards to you, Bruce, you just asked, is it Boris's fault or is it the Cubs' fault that they're at the stalemate? I think it's a little bit of both, and it's really Major League Baseball's fault. You just talked about the Japanese pitcher in regards to this drop-dead January 12th day, Major League Baseball has to have come up with some type of rule that these players have to be signed by a certain date. It hurts everybody. It hurts the players when Bryce Harper has to report to spring training late because Scott Boris represents half of Major League Baseball and especially the top-level players, and the Cubs don't want to give in, and they're going to wait till the big money spenders are, are done spending. So they, they have to come up with some type of rule that says, you know, January 15th or February 1st at the latest, these players have to sign. Because there's so many, so many initiatives to make the games quicker and to make it better for younger fans. It just makes Major League Baseball's free agency period and offseason period so much boring than the other sports. I, I can't disagree with that, Mike. And, and thanks for your call. I, I appreciate it, uh, Paul. It does make it boring. And, it, rep, you know, the repetition of it uh, from week to week where we talk about what's going on and how the slow the market's moving is not exciting. But at the same point, uh, it's, a, it's a free market, okay? Mm-hmm. I, I like free markets. You know, I like the idea. Uh, I, I hate the idea uh, that uh, there is a, a trade deadline. Why does there have to be a trade deadline, okay? Give me a good reason. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to spur, you're basically trying to, to spur – teams that are either going to we're either going for it or we're not and you don't want to have chaos throughout September and then you start saying oh well you know what you know team x is now out of it and they weren't out of it in July so now they can trade so and so to the Yankees for example and I I think they're trying to avoid chaos but I mean to truly uh, know why there's a deadline I I mean I I don't have an answer for that again uh, does it add to you know would it add to excitement if they had a deadline of January 12th that you must have free agents signed. But, but then again, uh, how can you do that? I mean, you, you have another, you have a hundred guys out there right now, right? What happens to them? Yeah. Okay. Well, and the, so they the can't other part sign, of this. they can't sign anymore in the off season. Yeah. They can't find a team. So, you know, with, with baseball, it's so different than the other sports because every off season, these, the last, I don't know, 15, 20 years, you have 150 free agents, okay? It's a, it's a flooded market. You, you just can't say, okay, you know, if you're not signed by them, you can't play in the major leagues this year. It doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah, I think the other part of this, and Paul touched on it, so many of the big names, I mean, in, in this case, this year is a good example, so many of the big names are represented by one guy, and it's Scott Boris, and his methodology and how he uh, likes to do business for his clients 
is he will hold them out as long as he has to until he gets a number that he wants to hear from whomever the club is signing the player. But, you know, Cody Bellinger, Matt Chapman, Snell, Jordan Montgomery. I mean, all of these guys that we've been talking about, uh, you know, since we started doing the show after the season, you know, once baseball season was over, all of these free agents that would generate big news with the exception of the Japanese players that we mentioned, a lot of them are Boris clients, and he is in no rush to sign them. So it does make for a slow offseason, a slow free agency period. But as you said, what are you going to tell these players? Sorry, you can't hire Scott Boris as your agent. You can't do that, right? I mean, that's just not not realistic. Right. Uh, you know, I, again, other sports have trading deadlines and things like that, I, and, and so does Major League Baseball. But to be able to sign a free agent, you know, just not workable. Hey, we have to take a break. We'll be right back soon. Obviously, we're going to talk to Brandon Hyde, the American League Manager of the Year, Baltimore Orioles manager and former Cub coach will be joining us. He's Mike. I'm Bruce. It's Inside the Clubhouse. We're back with more Inside the Clubhouse on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com and always live on the free Odyssey app presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. You all were patient. You tuned in night after night, hoping for a moment like this. The 1-1 to story is grounded at third. Ramon Arias from third. The Orioles have done it. Go crazy, Baltimore. You are the new champions of the American League East. And there it is, the Orioles clinching the American League East and 101 win team last season, one of the best in all of baseball. Let's talk a little baseball, talk a little Orioles. We head on out to the score hotline presented by Circus Sports Illinois. The American League Manager of the Year, our friend Brandon Hyde, nice enough to take some time out on a Saturday morning to join us on Inside the Clubhouse. Brandon, Happy New Year. I, I think today's January 6th, so I think the cutoff's probably yesterday or today for Happy New Year. But uh, thanks for joining me and Mike today, and uh, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, guys. Bruce, always great to hear from you. And, uh, yeah, Happy New Year to everybody. So we're, we're going to jump right into it because the baseball offseason has been slow. Uh, and by slow, I mean from Chicago fan standards here and maybe all across uh, Major League Baseball because of the fact that uh, the Otani market, Yamamoto market, the Scott Boris markets uh, have kind of held things up this offseason. From a patient's point of view as a manager uh, of one of the top teams in baseball as well as a baseball fan, how do you observe this offseason? Yeah, I think that I think you hit it right on the head. I mean, I think there was a couple big fish out there that everybody was kind of waiting for to see what happened with a couple guys. And then from there, the dominoes will fall. And I'm sure you'll see a, a busy January. There's a lot of players out there. I know I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of talks being had right now. Uh, but there's a lot of guys without jobs right now that are really talented players. And we'll see where, where it takes us. Uh, but January... I think, th- I think this January is going to be a pretty active offseason, either from a trade standpoint or a free agent standpoint. We'll see. I don't, I'm just giving you – I don't have any inside information, but I just think there's a lot of players out there still available. So uh, I just think that this was it was slow because of the Otani-Yamamoto 
signings, uh, and everybody was kind of waiting to see what happened there. Brandon, as we talk about Baltimore, and we played the clip of you guys clinching the division uh, last season uh, for Baltimore, 101 wins last season, certainly a great season by any measure. And you guys have one of the youngest teams in baseball. There's a lot of uh, great young players, star prospects on your team. Could you see the the results coming last season? I mean, but you know, in spring training last year, did you see, say, hey, this is going to be a really good team. These young guys are, are ready to, to move now. Well, I don't think you ever predict or expect to win 100 games, especially in the division we play in. But I thought that, you know, we had a good year the year before. We surprised everybody. We were 30-plus wins more than we were supposed to. Everybody thought we were going to do um, with 80 some, 83 wins in, in 2022. Um, and so I knew that and with pretty much the same group coming back and with everybody getting like a year older, Adding a couple of veteran guys that I was, you know, I was hoping that we were going to be super impactful in our clubhouse and help us help our young guys out. And Adam Frazier, McCann, Kyle Gibson, those guys did that. I, I thought that we had a chance to, to improve. I didn't know if it was going to be, I don't know how many, how many wins, but I thought that we were going to improve. And, um, yeah, really satisfied and happy for, for what we accomplished last year and winning our division is no small feat. There's, uh, that the competition is is incredible on a nightly basis with four other teams that expect to go to the World Series every year. So we're we're excited about that. We're not happy with how the season ended, honestly. Um, I think we I think we have still a little bit of a bitter taste in our mouth, but we are we are proud of of what we accomplished during the regular season. Brandon Hyde of the Baltimore Orioles, our guest on Inside the Clubhouse, and. Brandon, when you look at um, the Major League Baseball playoff system, uh, you know, I know you and I and Mike here are not going to be able to change how they go about it. But, you know, having two out of three uh, to decide, you know, whether or not um, somebody is worthy of moving on in a round seems a little light to me. Uh, Obviously, if you, you finish on the wrong side of that, you probably have the same opinion, but what what are what are your thoughts about you know you winning you win a hundred games and then all of a sudden you're faced with you know just a couple of games and not to be able to really prove what your team is all about. Well, <laughs> we got swept, so obviously I, don't, <laughs> I could uh, you know I, I'm I'm a little bitter about how it ended, but not I mean everybody's playing with the same rules. I mean I feel proud of. You know, the, the win in our division, the, I think we ran into a little bit like everybody else that won their division. Uh, the five days off was not easy. Um, you know, and, you know, a team like Texas, and, and give them all the credit because they played just great baseball. But when they went to, you know, they swept Tampa in two games, they swung the bat extremely well, we, and we kind of sat and waited. But we needed to, too. I mean, we, we did need a few days off, and we, we earned that be- because our guys were pretty banged up at the end of the year. But five days off is something that you're just not used to in baseball. And, um, you know, I'd be open to see if they could do something about that. I don't know what the answer is, though. Talking to Brandon Hyde, manager of the Baltimore Orioles. And Brandon, of course, Cubs fans and Chicago baseball fans will remember you from your time on the Cubs and with, uh, with the World Series champs back in 2016. I'm looking at this Baltimore roster, and I'm thinking as you were talking about all the young players that you have, uh, you know, the, the, there are definite similarities there to, to the Cubs and when, when uh, the team was on the rise in Baltimore and what you guys did last year. 
and obviously the World Series is the goal, but you see the parallels with, you know, a lot of young guys coming of age right at the same time with, with Baltimore? Yeah, I do. Yeah, it's really, it's, there's a, you know, how talented we were there in, in 15, 16, 17, and how young those players were uh, in Chicago, uh, as well as what the minor league system looked like from a position player standpoint. Uh, there's a lot of, there's a lot of things um, that are very, very similar. And it's not just young big leaguers. It's young potential impact major league players with middle of the order type of bats and guys that, uh, you know, playoff type of players. And I think that we have here that here in Baltimore, I think guys prove themselves. We still have young guys. We have guys coming too. Now um, we were number one farm system ranked last year. And most of those guys are at the upper levels. So our triple-A team was most almost all prospects that really, really hit. And we're excited about those guys. Uh, but Gunnar Henderson's 22 years old. You know, Adley's still young. Um, we're, we're, we're pitching, you know, Kyle Bradish kind of really came into his own. I compared him a lot to Arietta last year, honestly, what Arietta, just from a stuff standpoint, what when Jake was the best pitcher in baseball for a couple years, uh, you know, we have some, some pitchers that, that are going to come into their own like, like Kyle did last year. So there's a lot of similarities there be, between this team and, and those, those Cubs years. Brandon, when you you look at pitching and starting pitching, and uh, the average start right now is five point one innings, and it's uh, it's hovered right around there for the last uh, four or five years. But uh, the, the tendency is, you know, you, you have to have three to four pitchers to finish a game. How sustainable is that for for any organization? And uh, when you you see, you know, power arms coming and going in bullpens every couple of years and guys that were stars, you know, two or three years ago are, are out there and sometimes their careers are over with how, how sustainable is it to, uh, to be able to run a, a pitching staff these days with uh, the fact that, you know, the starting pitcher is not being asked to do too much. No, it's definitely different. And I mean, it's been like that for a handful of years now where people are trying to get creative with their rotation and try to uh, do different things to try to keep their pitchers as healthy as possible, possible throughout the year. I think the emphasis on starting pitching is going to increase. Honestly, I think that major league baseball wants that. So I think people are going to organizations are going to look into maybe developing their starters in the minor leagues a little bit earlier um, and a little bit differently. The, the, the way people are, the way the industry is developing pitching now is just, is just different. And there, it's a lot of max effort. Um, the training is different. And that's why the stuff out of most bullpens on a nightly basis is incredible and really hard to hit. Now, is that sustainable? You know, I don't know. Uh, but, but the pitching training is different these days, and it's a swing and miss. And it, it doesn't start in pro ball. This, this goes back to you're talking about your perfect game tournaments and your, and your travel baseball stuff and your showcases where there's, a, there's radar guns behind there and there's track man and guys are trying to light it up. And, and back you know, 20 years ago, that wasn't the case. It was about getting people out. But now it's really about your stuff. Um, so I think that that's a, a – you know, I think it's fluid, and I think the way we're, we're developing pitching is, is going to continue to evolve. Um, and how you form a 13-man pitching staff is going to continue. That we're everybody's having conversations about that right now of how to keep pitchers healthy. 
and we're going to continue to do that. I feel, I mean, we had, I think we had six or seven starters all year last year. Uh, I feel great about that. I thought we did a good job keeping our starters healthy and, and our bullpen. We lost the best reliever in baseball, which, which was uh, horrible and, and uh, uh, really tough to watch. But for the most part, we stayed healthy on the mound, and we're going to try to continue to do so. Brandon, uh, you were a guy who kind of worked your way up through the ranks in terms of coaching and then finally getting your shot as a manager with the Orioles and now entering your sixth season. We see a lot of guys now, including uh, some this offseason, guys that are coming straight off the field and going right into that manager's chair. What what do you think you learned and, and how do you view uh, you know the whole getting hired as a manager and, and people coming straight off the field versus guys like yourself where – you were a bench coach. You worked your way through the coaching ranks and, you know, kind of the experience you got uh, doing that. Yeah, I can only speak for myself. I mean, people, people have different paths to get to the big leagues. People have different paths coaching-wise. But, you know, my, with, from my path, uh, which was uh, there's no way I could have managed in the big leagues with, unless I had all the experiences I had, honestly, um, from playing in the minor leagues to – coaching in A-ball for a bunch of years, double-A, roving, farm director, Cubs, you know, being on a major league coaching staff for, for 10 years or so, um, being on some bad teams, big league teams, and then being on a World Series champion four playoffs year, years in a row type of team. Um, you know, all those type of experiences, I felt like then I was ready. I, I, I would not have been ready um, early, earlier than that. And I wasn't expecting to be ready earlier than that. I think that um, – you know, my goal was always to to get to the big leagues. Once I got done playing, I, I would like to have been a major league coach. I didn't, uh, I didn't, uh, I didn't think about managing a ton. I didn't think I thought maybe one day that would be incredible, but I didn't know if that was attainable or not. I just wanted to be on a major league staff and be a part of a great organization. And um, fortunately, I've been surrounded by unbelievable people and teachers and influences and uh, players that have helped me grow. And, um, but I had, if I didn't have those type of experiences, being on Joe Madden's staff, I, you know, that was unbelievably beneficial to me because uh, Joe's a huge mentor of mine and somebody I talked to uh, regularly and watching how he ran a clubhouse, watching how he ran games, um, all those type of things was really benefit, you know, benefited me when I got a, a manager's job. In closing and with you, Brandon, and Mike and I really appreciate your time today. Uh, I, I say the manager job in baseball is only 30 is uh, one of the best jobs in, in sports and one of the worst. So you look at a guy like uh, Buck Showalter uh, winning the manager of the year award in the uh, National League two years ago, getting fired the next year. Uh, you look at situations like uh, David Ross, um, considered to be one of the most solid ground guys uh, with the Cubs and then being replaced by council. How do you look at the job itself? And, and, and how did you look at, uh, and, at David uh, being moved out and council moving in? Well, yeah, I think it's unbelievably gratifying job. It's really, really hard to get. You want to try to hold on to it as long as possible, but it is sports. It is professional sports. I don't think it's just baseball. You see NBA guys, there's a rash of NBA guys that had, you know, a team does well, and all of a sudden the team doesn't do well for a year, and they're gone. Um, see in football also. You're seeing, you're starting to see in college sports. So I just think it's the coaching profession. Um, people want to win. There's a lot of money at stake. Uh, I, 
think that loyalty only goes so far at times. And when it comes to when you're when you're a coach and you're and you you go into this industry understanding that, um, so I think it's just part of the job, honestly. And maybe things are maybe people react a little quicker now than they did before. Maybe the money's a little higher. Maybe there's more pressure. Maybe social media, et cetera, has has uh, you know. But Billy Martin got fired seven times, so. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of things that, at place. But with David in David's case, you know, I'm I'm friends with both David and and Craig. Um, yeah, you when you never want to see, um, you know, and I, and David's a, a good friend of mine. You don't you don't want to see ever, anybody ever lose their job, and you don't want to see, um, you never want to see that. So I you know I felt I felt terrible for David at the time, um, and I'm sure he's going to land on his feet because he's an incredible person. He's a really good coach. He understands. He knows baseball extremely well. and can run a game. So, um, but it is the sport. You know, the, it's, it's the world we live in as a, as a coach, and you and you just come to expect anything. Brandon, thanks so much for the time. Uh, good luck. I know there's a starting pitching out there that may or may not be uh, pitching for the Chicago White Sox or Chicago Cubs that might be in your future. We wish you the best of luck in obtaining a. Uh, a starting pitcher to go along with your fine team and look forward to talking to you during spring training and the season. Thanks again. It's really nice talking to you guys. Thank you very much. Thank you, Brandon. That's Brandon Hyde, American league manager of the year for the Baltimore Orioles. He was on Joe Madden's staff with the world series champion, 2016 Cubs and uh, all around great baseball guy. And uh, we'll talk to another all around great baseball guy during the 10 o'clock hour. Bob Costas will join us right around 10:15, so you want to stick around for that. In the meantime, Bruce, we need to take a quick timeout. We'll talk about Cubs convention when we return. But very quickly, before Chicago takes on Green Bay, tune in tomorrow, noon to 3, for the PNC Bank pregame show right here on 670 The Score, presented by your local Ford dealers and Fox Valley Coins. Join Mully, Olin Cruz, and Patrick Manley. They'll get you set for the game. PNC Bank, official bank of the Chicago Bears. Then immediately after the game, Instant reaction from Molly, Olin, and Pat on the Great Clips postgame show presented by Tullamore Dew. All of it can be heard on 670 The Score and the Odyssey app. We'll talk Cubs convention. We will talk more free agency when we return. Bob Costas next hour right here on Inside the Clubhouse on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Comes the 0-1, Bellinger, swings, drills one, deep right field, way back, this could go, it's gone! Grand slam, Cody Bellinger! We're back with more Inside the Clubhouse. Let's see what the Cubs and Sox are doing in the offseason on Sports Radio 670 The Score, and always live on the free Odyssey app. And there's a Zach Zaidman call from Cubs Radio of a Cody Bellinger home run. You can hear Zach uh, right after us. DePaul basketball, DePaul and Georgetown coming up at 1045. But Bruce, Cody Bellinger, uh, the big name still out there for free agency, certainly as far as the Cubs are concerned. And I I saw a text uh, earlier asking what Bellinger's number is. The better question might be, what is the market for Bellinger right now? Well, you know, again, uh, the fortification of the Giants signing a center fielder and Kim and uh, the uh, Toronto Blue Jays uh, going out and signing Kiermaier again. They're they're not waiting around necessarily for uh, Bellinger to 
to have his market established. They are they're moving on with their offseason. Both teams would like him, but uh, again, looking at uh, Bellinger's market, most people still believe, and I I kind of believe from day one after the Cubs ended their season in Milwaukee last October that Bellinger was going to come back to the Cubs. There there's not a lot of reasons to assume no. And, and from the cup perspective, they need fortification at first. They need fortification in the center. They, in center, they need a left-handed power bat for the middle of the lineup. They need a great base runner. They need a guy that just came in and fit perfectly. All of that, you know, he checks all the, everything off that you want. Okay. From the um, perspective for the agent and the player, the Cubs have money to spend. The Cubs are a big market team. The Cubs are a place where uh, both Bellinger and his wife-to-be both enjoyed the heck out of the year they were there where he was able to resuscitate his career. All of these things are positives. All we're waiting for is it six, seven, eight years. Is it $25, $28, 30000000 million a year? And that's, a, that's just the business of baseball that's happening. So do I expect? Cody Bellinger to still be a Chicago Cub? Yes, I do. Is there a chance that he won't be? Yeah, of course there's a chance they won't. he won't be. And that, uh, you know, the Cubs pivot, get another first baseman uh, down the line, and Pete Crow Armstrong is their opening day center fielder. There's a chance if you sign Bellinger that he's your opening day first baseman and that Armstrong is still your opening day center fielder, Mike. Yeah, it's it's going to be a fascinating thing. I agree with you. Bellinger to the Cubs makes a ton of sense for everybody. Uh, I think at this point, it's just waiting to see what the the numbers are going to be. But we'll see how it plays out. We'll see what Scott Boris and Jed Hoyer can come up with. And coming up next, we will uh, get back into it with our callers. Uh, Ken and Pingree Grove, you'll be first up next. And then around 10.15 or so, you'll definitely want to be here. The Hall of Famer, the great broadcaster, Bob Costas, will join us. He's Bruce Levine. I'm Mike Esposito. And for David today, this is Inside the Clubhouse on The Score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. All right. 
Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 